This podcast is brought to you by Paul Simpkins and the Boldly Lead program, focusing on helping tech leaders like you end the frustration of low-performing teams and losing high-quality employees so they can increase productivity by 50%, go home on time, and sleep better at nights. Hello and welcome to the Tech Leaders Toolbox. I'm Paul Simpkins, and we're here because how you lead today determines how your team succeeds tomorrow. You know, it's the stuff that comedy legend is made of. During a movie or a television program, a situation presents itself, and then a character in the show classically overreacts. They might rant or rave or cry or wave their arms or do something incredibly stupid. And more often than not, they make things even worse than they were before by their action or their reaction. And it makes for great comedy, but not for great relationships and certainly not for great leadership. Instead of reacting, we find success when leaders respond. Let's talk about responding today. Are you ready? Let's go. So the thing we need to look at is why we react to things the way we do. Well, Marshall Goldsmith, one a famous author, calls them triggers. In fact, in his book by the same name, he describes these as any stimulus that reshapes our thoughts and our actions. So some triggers can be good. If we program in our minds a a trigger that stimulates the desired behavior, then we can build a, a really positive habit. Where things go wrong are the triggers that are automatic. That's where we tend to react. And some of the things that can cause automatic triggers are negative triggers. Negative triggers tend to set off negative emotions, and the negative emotions will set off the reactions. Let's come up with an example. Let's say, for example, that an employee comes to you with a problem. There is a major problem with a phase of your pet project. You've wanted this thing so bad, and you've been on and on about it. They're finally gearing up to implement it. But this employee comes up to you and says, you know what? I don't see any way that we can proceed at this point. I think we're just going to have to cut our losses on this. Think about what your first reaction is. You're going, what? This, after all, this was your baby. So what happens? Well, your face may screw up. You may get red and angry. Your arms and your body Assume an aggressive stance. You wanted this badly, and you don't want to hear that it can't be done. And then the words come. What is wrong with you people? Can't you do anything right? You're incompetent. The result is we cause a reaction in the other person. They get defensive, or they get aggressive. There's a fight or flight in there. Communication, however, at this point, shuts down. Because they no longer feel safe. And when people don't feel safe, it's fight or flight. They're either going to get very aggressive with you or they're going to try and get out of the situation somehow and maybe even avoid you completely. The result is nothing gets solved. 
This usually happens when the unconscious mind is in control. The subconscious mind is simply a database. It holds everything, memories, experiences, and everything you see, everything you do, everything you think. It doesn't filter, it just stores. And like a good database, when what we see and what we hear now triggers the database, it will retrieve anything similar to that, whether bad or good, and compare it and cause thoughts in reaction. Another thing that affects it is mindset. Now, according to psychologists, a mindset is simply a belief that affects how we think about something. So if we believe that all of our employees are inherently lazy, and I have worked with many a manager who actually believes that every single one of their employees is inherently lazy, and if left to their own accord, will do absolutely nothing. If we believe that all of our employees are inherently lazy, that's the mindset, and will slack off given the first opportunity, that mindset will affect our interactions with all of our employees. So just having the mindset itself wells up negative emotions. Another trigger, things explode. Overwhelm gets in our way. Too much, too fast, doesn't allow our mind to make room for more. Think of it like a water balloon, right? You ever make a water balloon when you were a kid? Uh, You hook it up probably to the faucet outside. So you attach the balloon to the faucet and you turn on the water. Now, if you turn the water on full immediately, the balloon's going to fill too fast and likely going to blow up from the overwhelming volume of water. On the other hand, if you control the flow of water, you allow time for the balloon to expand and not explode. Another trigger for us can be sense of entitlement. Now, this one doesn't necessarily require a lot of explanation. I'm sure we've all encountered people who feel that they are entitled to something, especially if you have teenagers living in your home. And when we feel entitled, as if everything is inherently ours, we feel the unfairness and injustice of it all when we don't get it. The feelings of unfairness and injustice trigger emotions that cause us to react instead of respond. So great, now we know why it happens. What do we do about it? Especially as a leader, how do we prevent ourselves from reacting, which almost always is going to create a disaster, I would challenge you to come up with a situation where it actually came out in a positive outlook. I would bet you can't because it doesn't happen. Reactions always, always cause problems. As a leader, we have to learn to respond. How do we do that? How do we learn to respond instead of react? And what's the difference? Well, a response is considered. It's thought through. There may be emotion behind it, but those emotions are tempered. They're not allowed to run wild and run free. We allow those filters in our mind to make decisions about the way we should do something, and we seek, and this is the most important thing, when we respond, we seek to make things safe. Safe for the other person, safe for us, so that there can be a conversation. You permit yourself to take potentially negative outcomes, turn them into positive results. Reactions create chaos. Responses create results. So here's what we do. 
four things I'm going to give you to turn the tables so that you respond instead of react. And the first is breathe. Take a breath. It doesn't have to be a deep breath. It's not a matter of whether you breathe deeply or whether you breathe fast. Just breathe. In fact, I believe your best bet is just to focus on a normal pace of breathing. It's those immediate reactions. It allows them to simmer down a bit. The next thing you want to do, this is number two, you want to identify the emotions. What is it you're feeling right now? Why are you feeling that? Are you recognizing something in this situation that harkens to a negative situation you had in the past and that's why you're reacting? Are the grounds for why you're feeling what you're feeling, are they really valid? Do they really apply in this situation? The more you can identify the emotions you're feeling and think about why you're feeling them are going to help you get control of that. And then the next part of that is actually determine your mindset. What preconceived ideas do you have that are driving the emotions right now? Is it really true and does it apply? You also want to consider your words. Let me give you two possible responses or reactions. I'm going to give you a reaction to something, and then I'm going to give you a response. And you can decide for yourself which one sounds better. These two sentences. That was the stupidest thing you've ever done. Here's the next one. Do you think that was the best choice? Which one sounds better? Obviously, The second one is the better choice. And and notice the difference there. There was a difference in the way I said them, not only in the words. And again, the words are triggers. You say stupidest thing to somebody, that's a trigger. That's a trigger for them. Puts them on the defensive, done deal. But the way you say it, nobody calmly says that's the stupidest thing you've ever done. There's emotional charge behind it. It's a reaction. When you say, why do you think that was the best choice? Again, it's a calmer tone. It's not offensive. You're not accusing them of not thinking. You're actually trying to understand the rationale behind what they did. One more thing, and this is related to considering your words, question everything the right way. Like in the examples I just gave, asking questions is a great way to avoid reacting and to disarm a potentially explosive situation. You're going to use those W questions. Why do you think that was the best choice? What do you think you could have done differently? What do you think we should do now and why? So if in fact the person's choice was not a good choice, y'all are going to be able to discover it that way because you have made it safe and you've opened it up to a conversation. So by trying this method, you are not only more likely to find a resolution but you also would have helped the other person learn a valuable lesson. Perhaps next time their decision will be better. Certainly, their trust in you will increase. So remember, don't react, respond. We'll be back in a moment. While you're here, take a moment right now to go ahead and subscribe to the Tech Leaders Toolbox podcast. You'll find the button to subscribe right here on the page. Do that, and you'll always be up to date on the bold and innovative leadership principles we're sharing here. Oh, and come join the Tech Leaders Toolbox Facebook group as well, where we'll all discuss these concepts in more detail and answer your questions. So subscribe today and share this with your friends. 
All right. So we're back. And again, this part of the show, I like to share uh, a favorite outdoor cooking recipe. I love outdoor cooking. I do all kinds of outdoor cooking. And I have a great one for you today. And, and if you're not an outdoor cooker, you can do this indoors. It's real, real easy. You can do this on your stovetop. Uh, and I'll do this usually in my Dutch oven. But this is called cowboy casserole. And I originally saw this recipe on a website, allrecipes.com. And I adapted it for outdoor use, but it's good for indoor use as well. So what you're going to need for this is you're going to need a nice sturdy pot. If you have a nice cast iron pot of some kind, you'll want to use that. All right, so for the cowboy casserole, so what you need is you're going to need a half pound of bacon, about one pound of beef, an onion, two cans of baked beans, a third a cup of barbecue sauce, and a little bit more if you really like the tanginess of the barbecue sauce. It adds a little flavor in there. I'll usually go more like a half a cup with that. And then you need a package of the refrigerated biscuit dough, you know, where you pop open the little container and you have the biscuits already uh, divided out there. You want that. So again, what you're going to do is get in your Dutch oven. And the first thing you're going to do is dice up the bacon and you're going to cook that in the Dutch oven. Now, if it generates, if you use a very fatty bacon and it generates a lot of grease, you may want to you may want to drain the grease off before you move to the next step. But you cook up the bacon, and then you're going to add the ground beef and the onion. And the onion needs to be diced up, and you're going to add that all in there and cook it until the beef is no longer pink. Then you're going to add your two cans of your baked beans and your barbecue sauce. Stir all of that together real well, and let it come to a slow boil. Then you're going to take your biscuit dough, take your individual biscuits, layer them over top of the whole thing so it should end up covering most everything on top. Put a lid on it. Make sure you've turned that temperature down a little bit. It's going to be like a more like a medium low. And you're going to let that sit for about 10 minutes on the heat. So after about 10 minutes, the biscuits should be done. You know what? You're ready. You're ready to serve. You can have a salad on the side. Uh, if you had corn on the cob that you cooked beforehand, that would be terrific. But it's excellent. It's filling. And you'll find it very, very tasty. And you can experiment with that. You can try different kinds of barbecue sauce. Uh, again, different intensities. Maybe add a few extra spices in there. For example, I think a little smoked paprika in there would be real real nice. Uh, anything along that lines, a little salt and pepper, uh, hot sauce, anything along that lines would make it great. So again, that's cowboy casserole. And if you're interested in that, remember you can go out to my Facebook group called Smoke and Ash where we share all kinds of recipes like that out there and cooking tips and so forth. The Smoke and Ash Facebook group and come on out there and you'll be able to get that recipe out there. Thank you for coming and spending time with me today. So I just wanted to summarize up again what we talked about today. Leaders don't react, leaders respond. Because responding is how leaders are able to get the best out of themselves and out of others. So think about stressful situations you're in right now. And think about how you've been reacting, and how you can respond instead of react. Because your calmness through how you respond is going to set the tone for everyone on your team.
Don't forget to, uh, if you have a recipe you'd like to share with me, if you have questions for me, just send me an email to tltoolbox at boldlylead.com. That's tltoolbox at boldlylead.com. We'll have another episode coming up very, very soon. Now go on out there and be the leader that you were meant to be.